Welcome to the Prepare to Win podcast. I'm your host, Justin Oliver, here with Dane Lee. Today, we're going to get into some training uh, about sports and things. Uh, what, what was the exact question we got? Um, this kind of sparked the idea for this whole uh, podcast topic that we want to just go on here. The one question in the Q&A said, how should someone lower strength training volume before season? Yeah. So um, basically, we're going to get into like preseason training, and this is dealing with like sports and, um, you know, athletics, football, baseball, you know, track, things mm-hmm. like that, um, the com- more common sports um, that high schoolers and collegiate people play. Um, I guess like the, the big thing to start off with is um, I know some things have changed over the years, but t- sometimes we're still in this like old way of thinking. Um, let's go in season to start with. Like a lot of people okay. think um, and it's starting to kind of shy away from it. Like whenever I came up, we didn't do a lot of lifting during the season. Unless you mm-hmm. took a class, um, this, you know, in high school, we didn't do a lot of lifting. It was, it was unless you took a class, you know, um, weight training or something like that while you were in school, mm-hmm. we maybe lifted on like Saturdays. It okay. was very rare. I think one, one time we tried to get into a routine where like we went to the weight room for like 20, 25 minutes before we went off to the field to practice for football. Uh, that lasted maybe a week or two and then <laughs> that stopped. Um, so in season training, there's still a lot that can be done. I understand like in, in the school high school aspect setting, it's a little harder because you know, kids are in school all day and then you only have a limited time after school to get through the practice stuff that you need to work on and things like that. Um, for me, what I think is like important is, you know, you, you have your preseason training that leads into the season. And then what would always happen, like at least on our end, is you would see guys like start to lose weight, start to lose muscle mass during the season, start to become a little bit weaker, things like that. Yeah, I think you can get away with a little bit less for a few weeks to start the season because you're already coming off that preseason where everything was ramped up. Mm-hmm. But I think as the season progresses, you need to kind of incorporate it back in to kind of maintain some of the things that you're doing. Um Especially when you see some of the seasons that kids have now, they they keep getting longer. Yeah, and especially if they're multi-sport, mm-hmm. it just it's a never-ending season. You roll literally. Uh, when I played football, basketball, baseball, it, you rolled from sport to sport to sport, and depending on the timeline of like tournaments or anything like that, you might have missed actually the first week or two of that next sport start because mm-hmm. you were in some kind of tournament or something. So, which makes it that much more important for you to figure out your own time frame for a preseason yeah. and really put that strength work yeah. in there yep and and especially in the high school levels like this is the most important time to be gaining trying to gain strength and gain size mm-hmm. um a lot of places and this is why i bash a lot of um places that deal with sports specific training is they focus too much on skills and they focus too much on conditioning and half the time the skills they're trying to focus on don't even pertain to the sport they're working right. with you know i know the um you had a place down the road doing a lot of form running mm-hmm. form sprinting and um drills that would involve sprinting for volleyball players yeah, that makes absolutely zero sense. Right. You're wasting the time. You you only have so much of an allowance to train with these kids, mm-hmm. and you waste it doing form sprinting. It, that's something. Now, if these are 12, 13-year-olds coming in, okay, is it wrong to teach them the proper mechanics of running that they should have had it you know, way back at 8, 9, 10 years old? Right. Um, is it wrong? No. 
but when they are, you know, in that high school level mm-hmm. uh, for something like volleyball, that time's kind of passed. You probably need to, if you are going to do specific drills, you're going to need to do them around the sport. Right. So, and that's just because a lot of these places, you know, not to get too deep into that ramp, but a lot of these places just train everyone the same. Right. It's they very much a cookie cutter approach. Yeah. They don't actually think about it. Right. So anyway, so back to in-season training, um, you know, during the season, I would, as far as my recommendations, you're not going to do something that's like highly CNS driven. Um, you're probably going to keep those weights more in that 70% range. Maybe you, mm-hmm. you have a day 75%. Now I understand that max has probably come down a little bit. So if, if you're trying to push to like even 80% or something, that's, that's going to be a decently heavy day for them. Um, the, the hypertrophy in the accessories is great, you know, or if we're going to do, let's say 60% back squats or something for sets of sixes, sevens, mm-hmm. that's, that's probably fine, but you probably shouldn't be doing like sets of 12 on back squat at, you know, 65% yeah. and, um, then doing a bunch of hypertrophy accessories and things like that. Cause you got to remember, like they're still, um, then going to be breaking down a lot of muscle and a lot of fibers. But then they're also going out and playing a sport, which is breaking down further. Mm -hmm. And then you can look to cause injury from there. Um, I'd be looking at a lot of things as more of a maintenance and um, almost like a prehab type thing. So like something like a leg extension or whatever, keep those quads a little bit more activated, keep them maintained for Mm -hmm. players that are cutting uh, and sports that are cutting on fields and things like that. So they don't blow out an ACL. At the same time, you yeah. don't have a lot of load on the joints as you're doing that. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of control over range yeah. of motion, et cetera. Yeah, exactly. those are good. So um, you kind of, I wouldn't say shy away completely from compound movements. Right. But you need to be a little, and that's all going to come back to, like we said before, how well are they moving too? Mm-hmm. So yeah, you have some kids that will move well and it's not going to affect them too much. Um, for example, like if they're doing cleans or something, and let's say they have a, a good coach who has actually taught them how to clean properly, they're probably going to be all right. But if they're doing the jumping jack um, back, way back clean with the wrists looking like they're about to break, <laughs> that's that's probably not something great to throw in in the middle of the season. Right. So, um, so there's going to be a lot of variables there. But you still can practice um, on those power output moves as far as like cleans and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do – uh, different drills to, to try to work on force production, but I would gear it more towards the maintenance and, and rehab prehab. I hope it's not rehab <laughs> and prehab right. uh, issues. So um, as you kind of progress, I guess, you know, we can back up to preseason. What are we doing before that? Mm-hmm. So typically, if you're not a multi-sport athlete, let's just say that let's let's take two sports because I think most athletes are playing two sports. Okay, um, you're probably going to have about six months, seven months of off-season time, depending on which sport you're playing. Through combined throughout okay. the year, you know. So um, if you're playing spring fall sports, you got that summer time where you're kind of in preseason, mm-hmm. and then you got the winter time where you're kind of in preseason. So, um. So the thinking around that is that is your time to gain the most strength possible in the most muscle mass possible that you can during that time. Mm -hmm. Very early on, if you're 
you know, 30 weeks out, 24 weeks out from the start of, um, let's say, a, a, the ramp up near the end and your season starts uh, three weeks later. So let's just say you're 30 weeks out from season starting day one, game one, right? Okay. During that time, that's your time to be pushing and starting to push volume of exercises and start to build volume of exercises. That's your time to be working on. If you're going to do four sets of 10 of back squat, if you're going to do a lot of accessories, that's a kind of a time to start Mm -hmm. yielding that. So we start to see those fibers break down and some, some progress happen. Um, and as you go through that time, I would not be overemphasizing doing agility. And this is one of my pet peeves when I get, you know, sports coaches that will talk to me about or or, you know we've had some reach out like the the bat the collegiate basketball team that just got done with their season and this coach says that they need strength and agility training your fucking athletes don't need agility training (laughs) a week after the season ended right it that doesn't work that's not how it should be you're asking for injuries they Mm -hmm. don't you know they don't understand that but um during that time, there's no reason to overemphasize conditioning, agility, no. none of that stuff. You need to build the foundation. You need to build the muscle up. You need to build proper movement up. Mm-hmm. You know, and as you progress through the season, you're going through your blocks, you're going through your cycles of, you know, the reps are going to change. And if you're a strength coach, you should fucking know how to do that. So I'm not going to get too deep into right. that. Um, but then as you start to, get a little bit further in if you've been through about eight weeks and i'm not saying you don't do any um conditioning at all but just has to be less so um quick example you know i have a a kid that's in baseball right now um and he plays football all right and i think his his baseball's travel so it's a little bit of an extended season Mm -hmm. and he's trying to also when he came to me he's like he was working out three times a day playing baseball. And like, I know he, he wasn't exactly working out right, but he's doing all this extra stuff. How old is he? 14. Good Lord. Yeah. So we had to put a stop to that because he's just simply doing too much. Yeah. At that point. And we're going to talk about that part a little bit later in the nutrition side. And you know, his mom wants him to gain weight and stuff for football. So what I did with this kid is we immediately cut out conditioning. You know, he's doing a lot of sprinting uh, for his baseball anyway. They're still doing a little bit of conditioning, things like that. Um, and we, we kind of knocked it down. If you're playing a couple games a week, you know, we have to be a little bit wary of what he's doing. So I told them, I'm like, we're going to push it a bit, especially on the lower strength. We're going to try to build that up. So we did work like reps and we worked, uh, you know, he might go down and do some triples for the day at moderate weight. And I gave him like, okay, go until you have about two or three reps left in the tank, you know, something that he could handle, but wouldn't just destroy him. Right. And for the first month he had no agility and he had no drills. He had no sprints. He had no, you know what I mean? No conditioning at all. And then we slowly started to add that in. He might've been doing a little bit of short sprints at short interval sprints. And then he started doing things like X drills and stuff like that. So it was progressed and phased in as we went along. And, you know, I told them as he 
gets out of his baseball season, when it gets a little bit closer to the football season, we will start to ramp up the conditioning. So when he does actually go into true football conditioning for his team, he's going to be in great shape. He's going to be ready to go. So the idea is the application of conditioning and agility, plyometrics, all that stuff, plyos are a little different. But all those things need to be thought about. You can't just keep running kids through circuit training or high-intense training all year round and call it a workout. Right. You know, and that, that's what we're seeing a lot of. We're seeing almost like a CrossFit model coming out of sports training. Now, I'm not saying there's not applications and times for these things, but you shouldn't be having like, okay, let's do this horrendous form clean. Your squat sucks, but let's go ahead and push that as heavy as we can today. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have drill A, drill B, drill A, you know, all these accessories that you're going to run like a circuit. You do group one, group two, group three. Oh, and then after that, we're going to do more conditioning or we're going to do high intense training. What the fuck? <laughs> and, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And we wonder why a lot of uh, young athletes, like, you're, they're getting injured. And there's more, there's more science out there now than ever. There's more resources out there than ever. But people are trying to get too cute with the training. They're trying to, you know, they see these videos of pro athletes training a certain way. And they think, like, oh, that's the way these 14, 15-year-olds need to train. Hell no. No. Those, oh, those those pro athletes at the the top of their game they are they probably have the most strength and muscle mass that they're ever going to really have on their body not to say you shouldn't train it but that's a great time to refine skills and get skills to a level that are just absolutely insane if you watch some of the balancing drills that these guys do it mm -hmm. is stuff that normal humans don't do and it's for them as individuals. Yes. Like the person they're working with has looked at it and said, do they need balance? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. What does this particular person need for balance at yeah. this point in the season to help them out with whatever deficit they've identified? Yeah. It's incredibly individualistic yeah. at that point. People see it and they're like, oh, well, they're doing it and they're good. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the drill is good. Therefore, we should do it with everybody. Yeah. It's, you know, bass backwards. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't understand the the difference between training those those higher elite athletes that are already well developed and mm -hmm. your fourteen year old that you know weighs one hundred and thirty pounds and right. you know what I mean. They still need to hit their growth spurt. Like there's so much that needs to happen, um, and you need to utilize that and build. It's all build a base. You think any of those guys at the D one level or the pro level are not? Uh, I don't want to call it like it's not by bodybuilding terms, very muscular, but you, if you think they don't have a lot of muscle on the body and motor units being able to fire, like that's why they're there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, those guys are, they have the genetics on their side, but then also they, they put in a, a, a foundation of work. Mm -hmm. Let's hope. Yeah. So I had a conversation with the Akron diving coach at one point, and this was towards the beginning of the summer. And he was just coming into the job and he wanted to get my opinion because I had done some conditioning work with the divers in the past. Mm -hmm. And so I said, where do you want them to be at their peak? He goes, well, you know, next like February, March when they're going into zones for nationals. It's like, all right, it's June. If you like, you take every principle of strength and conditioning work and like coaching and skill acquisition, you just work it backwards. Mm -hmm. Like if you need them here, what do they have to work on? 
well, how long can the human body sustain working on that before it needs to transition? Well, okay. Let, yeah. So for like peak skill acquisition, especially something that's as technical as diving, and it doesn't have to be diving. Take anything where you have a really high level of skill acquisition. Yeah. It's like three weeks that the mm-hmm. nervous system can sustain that type of thing. Well, if you can only do three weeks, what needs to come before that? How long can you do it? What comes before that? You mm-hmm. work backwards. Like you said, it's the basic principles of strength and conditioning yeah. for any coach. But what I really like to do and what I had the conversation with him about is look at all of the aspects of training and fatigue that goes into it. Simply doing dives, even though they call it practice, is in itself going to have a conditioning effect. Mm -hmm. They won't think of it as conditioning because they're like, well, it's really easy. It doesn't matter. You have a lot of load that's going through tendons and ligaments and muscles just to produce that power to go through the practice to have skill acquisition. Mm-hmm. You have to take that in consideration. Yeah. You have to think when I get to the point where I want to be able to do 40 dives so that I can work on that, how strong do they need to be? Yeah. How long does it take to build that strength? Mm-hmm. And you just work it backwards. Yeah. And so many people instead look at preseason and say, Hey, let's get to the end now because maybe we'll be that much further ahead once mm-hmm. we get there. So like you can't jump the gun like that, yeah. especially with these young kids. Well, it's like, you know, just like you said, someone might look at that like, well, they're diving, why they need condition. Think of it this way. It's like someone who takes walks and that improves their overall conditioning, how they feel for the day. Mm-hmm. Someone that might be sedentary or something like that, it might improve their condition. Mm-hmm. Um, or this right, like it only, it makes those same bounds in other sports mm-hmm. so someone who now there's a threshold but like is if someone's a little bit more condi- powerlifting it's great everyone's like now people are starting to catch on like oh if we do a little bit of uh interval training or if we do a little bit of extended walking or incline walking or mm-hmm. just movement in general it's going to help you know what i mean mm-hmm. um but you can notice that as your conditioning gets better like when we hit volume heavy weights our breathing uh, repairs that much quicker. Yep. Our, um, we just talked about ATP systems mm-hmm. and all that stuff. All that stuff's improved. Mm-hmm. So now we're regenerated, let's call it quicker. We're recovering quicker. You know, all these things start yep. to take place in the body. Um, so yes, there needs to be a conditioning piece to, to everything um, to an extent. But like you said, it just depends on what sport it is and exactly. how far do we work that back. Um, you take like, um, you know, runners are notorious for this. The, uh, I've, and I've heard this don't wait train in the off season. Don't wait train at all because it's going to slow you down for running. Oh yeah. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> we're, mm-hmm. I mean, I thought we were past that, but apparently we're still not. Um, and you hear stuff like that all the time. Um, cause you'll get bulky. You'll add on too much weight yeah. and it'll slow you down. Yeah. And there's a, there's a fine line. I understand that. Like, you know, yeah. if you're walking around as a, I mean, that's, they don't understand. It's like none of these runners are going to be walking around that pro level bodybuilder status. You know, <laughs> if that's the case, they're probably not very, if they have those genetics, they're probably not very good runners anyway. If you think about it, right. like think about those structures, you're probably not a great runner anyway. Um, but there, there's, there's still the ability to gain muscle to make sure you don't get injured to increase the production on the ground. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, your body actually has to work less to maintain a higher speed and things like that. Or if you have a kick, 
you're able to kick and move a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, but I understand not, oh, like if, if you have too much muscle, it, it, you're going to take in more oxygen and you're, you know, you're kind of fucked there. I understand that. But again, no one's going to just add 40 pounds of muscle over the off season and all of a sudden be a tank when they're trying to run. Right. So I just read an article that was talking about how a majority of the load that is transitioned when you're running, doesn't matter if it's long, slow, steady distance or sprinting is not muscular as much as it is tendon and ligament. Tendon, loading. Yeah, yeah. How do you load tendon and ligament in the best way through things like strength training and mm-hmm. plyometrics? Yeah. And specifically designed, whether it's like speed strength, where you're looking at something that's an explosive movement, dynamic mm-hmm. movement, like Olympic weightlifting. Uh, I said like Olympic weightlifting doesn't have to be that. Yeah. Um, and then being able to tr- like assist the body to have that greater tendon and ligament stiffness. So then you can take that tendon and ligament stiffness and apply it to running. It's like if we get caught up on only the narrow window of what we expect strength training to do it's really easy to miss all the benefits that can come with it but that's why you want a coach who can look at it and say yeah we're not going to make you bulky and muscular but we can use these compound movements and we can use accessories or we can use strength training in general to help you in a lot of ways that you might not understand yeah and see benefits in your sport whatever that sport is that's why it's a profession because you have to be able to take those concepts and figure out the benefits of them and how you can apply that to the individual sport and the individual yeah i know um i know a lot of uh like coaches don't understand that too like i'm talking the actual sport coach Mm -hmm. that's not their field they don't understand it it's the job of those outside coaches to be able to understand that but again, the problem, you know, at least in this area, I imagine this area is the same as most, you know, mm-hmm. is we have uneducated people trying to run the highest, I'll say the highest level, but like an advanced level of programming when it comes to sport at specific stuff, it takes a little bit more advanced level thinking do you mean coaches in the sport or strength coaches strength coaches okay so we have a lot of strength coaches around here um there were air quotes involved in that if you couldn't hear it in his voice hard air quotes um they may have played a college sport and yes Mm -hmm. they were probably a good athlete but doesn't mean you understand and i've seen them come work out in here i've seen the one uh where, where do you work baylor uh, he worked in Akron. He worked mm-hmm. at a couple other places. Guy's an idiot. You know what I mean? I watch him work out himself and he doesn't know what the hell he's doing. There was another one that was like a semi-pro strength coach. Mm-hmm. Again, like having a conversation with that guy, I might as well been talking to a brick wall. Like what? Damn. Is your th- How did you get hired for this? Oh, you have a master's in exercise science, but yet you still don't know. how. To- okay. Anyway, um, but that's what you're seeing a lot of, or you see people that came out of the woodwork with their exercise science degree. They open a gym, they mm-hmm. gear it towards sports specific. Then they tell the parents, Oh, I have an exercise science degree. Dumbass parents. Oh my God. They're so smart. They have an exercise <laughs> science degree. Oh, signing up today. Uh, no. Right you now. And that's the problem. It's anyone can fake market, you know, and that happens a lot. Yeah. Um, anyone yeah, who <laughs> has half a brain can, can work over a naive parent. Mm-hmm. And that's what goes on a lot is that these parents get sucked in because 
the other kids go there or that this kid, this guy, this girl, so smart at coaching, like you need to send your kid there. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, you know, but it's okay. Well, Johnny goes. So you know what, Billy, you're going to go too. you know, like, and it becomes one of those, um, those things of like, you know, keeping up with the Joneses that we've always talked about, like trying to push your kids towards that other train just because some other kids are over there. Um, but again, from a movement standpoint and it's simply a result standpoint, like Mm -hmm. you watch what goes on and it's like, it almost makes you want to rip out your eyes. Like it's, it's so terrible, but these coaches don't see anything wrong with it. You know, little, Mm. little Eric over there hit a hundred pound sumo block pole PR today. Okay. <laughs> that, then the next the next slide is his clean that looks like he's about to tear everything in his body. Oh, and then we we have him squat and it's a quarter squat, knees caved, mm-hmm. you know, back uh, rounding with his neck wrenched back. <laughs> but if people who don't know any better, meaning like yeah. most of the parents, they see that and go, "Oh, he's getting stronger." Yeah, this is working. Well, one of you know one of the worst. Um, culprits of this and i don't even care is uh larry pacifico down in i forget where the hell his gym's at maybe down near dayton somewhere or something but larry pacifico has a gym and these kids that he posts it is some of the most horrendous powerlifting you've ever seen Mm -hmm. it is fucking terrible like none of these kids things should pass in comps at all right but they do some of them do like high school competitions where basically anything counts and you should see, I mean, I, I've probably shown you videos, but like, mm-hmm. if you're listening, just go to Larry Pacifico's like Facebook page. I don't even care to like blast him. Cause it's so terrible. <laughs> I, I, I've wanted to do it on social media so many times. I'm like, you know what? I'll leave it alone. But like, I'm talking kids in wraps at 16, 17 years old and they can't, they're quarter squatting, you know, they're, uh, not even pausing their bench and it's it, just every lift. Like yeah. there's no one there lifting that it's like, oh, that was pretty legitimate. Some of the older crowd, yeah, you'll see a, a guy or girl once in a while, like, oh, they did squat to depth. Oh, they did. That's a pretty good lift. Yeah, legitimate. But it's like, and you'll post it. Like it's fine. I'm like, no, that's fucking terrible. Um, so I think there's just uneducation. If we're posting those things to social media, it means you're not educated enough to know the difference. Right. Now, again, we understand under max load, not all technique is going to be perfect. Get right. that when you're approaching near max loads. Um, <clears throat> so, but if you watch like our lifters here, when they're hitting near max loads, their technique is still pretty sound for the most part. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the biggest compliments I, I constantly receive, um, whether it, for anything. I mean, I've had athletes, CrossFitters, powerlifters, whatever, like when people come and they'll talk to me, mm-hmm. one of the main points for them coming to me is because they're like, everyone you train moves well. Everybody I ever see moves well. Mm-hmm. Now, they all have issues. Everyone's got issues. I right. have issues. Like It happens, but by and large, the average, they move well. And if you look at certain coaches out there, when most of their athletes are moving well, sometimes you just get good athletes. Cool. But when most of them are moving well, that's a common commonality there Mm -hmm. you know so when i watch 
these sport-specific training programs or these collegiate strength programs um, with these college coaches, you know, Akron, Kent, whatever, when I watch them post their athletes and I'm like, holy shit, like you guys constantly just post awful technique, mm-hmm. you know, that tells me you're uneducated right. to be able to fix that technique. One of the, I'm going to circle back to a couple of things mm-hmm. that were going on, but one of the things that you mentioned as far as doing the sport specific training and like focusing on running for the wrong sport. So uh, like I said, going way back. So if a volleyball player comes in and, and let's say I was doing movement with them and I work with them three days a week. Well, I, I don't want to do like the agility and plyometrics like all three times as they're coming in. It mm-hmm. starts to, so if I had a third day, especially if it was a back to back day, and this happened a lot with the place that I was working up in Twinsburg, where we basically focused just on movement. Mm-hmm. People would buy a certain number of packages or sessions per month. So a lot of times they'd come in, they're like, hey, I missed all last week because I was traveling for whatever, so I'm going to be here four days in a row. It's like, I can't give you the same things four days in a row. So one of those days is like, all right, we're going to do some linear work, just mm-hmm. like straight on speed. Mm-hmm. Do you need it? No, it, like it doesn't apply whatsoever. And I'll try to figure out ways we're going to make it a little bit more specific to you, but that's what I've got. That doesn't happen at these places, though. Hmm. It's just, hey, we've got an entire group of, say, volleyball players. We're going to work speed with every single one of them. Hmm. When you said, yeah, if you've got a young kid and they don't know how to move at all, yeah, give that to them. Make sure you're educating them, though, and also their parents on what this is going to look like in like a year or two from now. Yeah. It's like we need to teach them how to do this one particular thing because there's a lot of stuff that's going to get mm-hmm. built on it. That same thing became frustrating with parents uh, at Premier Sport Conditioning because it has the word conditioning in the title of the business. Yeah. So people came in thinking that we were just going to condition their kids. Yeah. No, I'm going to teach you how to move so that when you go condition at practice, you're moving correctly. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're going to be sweating when we're done because yeah. I'm going to have you doing sprints. I'm going to have you working on drills, moving better. It's not like your heart rate's not going to get up. But if you came here thinking that, like, I'm going to get your son ready for football training in an off season, that's not what this is. Mm. I'm going to fix the things that he didn't learn while he was in season. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make sure he, like you said, with prehab, get them moving well, yeah. do the things they need to prevent injury, and then they can carry that over when they go to practice. Yeah. But parents always wanted, like, we'll can make it more sport-specific. Yeah. It is sport-specific. Yeah, you don't understand. <laughs> yeah. The, here's the common parent that comes in. I need my kid in six months. I need them um, to add, like, 20, 25 pounds of muscle. I need them faster. Um, they need to be able to – it's never like a – like, hey, uh, just – do what you guys do kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. always, they tell us how to do our job. Right. Like, well, it, the kid needs to get stronger and needs to get faster. And like, they look at it as such a subjective thing. So if we had their kid, let's say doing drills that were not at a fast pace to increase speed, mm-hmm. they'll say, why isn't my kid sprinting to get faster? This, you know, and they'll like critique everything that you do. Like, right. well, how is that going to get them quicker? Or, you know, if they're lifting a certain amount, like, well, it doesn't look like they're really struggling. How's that going to get them any stronger? And like, they think this, like the whole thing is bury your kid into the ground every session and that's going to get them better. That gets your money's worth. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing how, I mean, just flat out stupid people are. And Mm -hmm. I, I can't blame them. Like there's not a lot of good education out there. There's not a lot of good, 
there's too many gimmicky stuff. There's not, there's just not a lot of like honest people in the media doesn't help by the way they pr- promote anything. Cause it's always like, look at this NFL player, how hard he trains and stuff mm-hmm. like this. And it's like the, the person's su- at such a high level that like, and how do you know that one training session at that intensity? How do you know it's like that every time? Cause it's probably not right. You know, so I remember watching, there was a video that was going around and, uh, there was this kid who I want to say he's like 13 insanely fast feet. Mm. And they were saying like, he's going to be the next big star within football, like definitely going to Mm. college with the way he was moving. And of course, I mean, it's the thing that's on social media where it's like, they put it out there and like scale from one to 10, how fast is this kid? And everyone's like, Oh, he's a 10. Mm -hmm. And I looked at him and he's like, yeah, he's got sloppy feet. Yeah. And I'm not like trying to be a dick about it. Yeah. But to me, I don't care how fast you are if I'm watching you not be as fast as you could be mm-hmm. because of technique. In the same way that you're probably looking at lifters and going, I don't care what's on the bar. If you're moving like shit, you're not as strong as you should be. Yeah. Without putting any more muscle on you, if I can fix your technique, you're automatically going to be more efficient. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you can move better. And that's that's not what gets communicated yeah. like to parents and I mean even to coaches and to the athletes. It's like, just let me help you move better. Which mm-hmm. makes me think there was a, a pamphlet from the place down the road and they showed mm-hmm. somebody like their first running technique and then mm-hmm. what, like eight weeks later or something. Mm-hmm. And it looks like way cleaner. You better be able to make someone run cleaner. And yeah. it, it's not rocket science yeah. to do I, it. I think that's the other thing is like you're starting to see because that movement things catch on a bit. So you're seeing like the advertisement like, oh, we'll get them to move better and this and that. Well, I mean, will you really though? Yeah. Like, let's be honest. Probably not. But, you know, it's it's amazing um just how how these people get away with the marketing that they do and the sad part is is that there's people that know it and it's like i'd be pissed if i'm one of these schools and i'm paying two grand for this sport to get trained a month you know Mm -hmm. and i find out you're training my you know lacrosse players like you're training this other school's volleyball players you know if you're that volleyball team find out you're being trained like the football players right it's like what i thought like this was sports specific training i thought these people were going to get you know their money's worth Mm -hmm. like you know the one down the road we we've we've investigated this multiple times they literally take um the same sheet program and there's like two or three coaches and they go around Mm -hmm. to all the schools and stuff like that and they run the same program at every school every sport every school and the other thing that we've talked about not just with this but when you have an athlete especially at that age you can give them almost anything Mm -hmm. and you'll see an improvement yeah and but that doesn't give you permission to do anything yeah. It's just like, hey, we increased them 5%. Well, yeah, because you gave them shit programming that was the same as everything else when it really should have been like a 35% increase if yeah. you had done it right. Yep. But you have people who are, one, like they're moving into the prime like of their athleticism like when you have like a 17, 18-year-old. Yeah. But they're also this blank canvas where they don't know how to move well. They don't have a lot of strength that they've developed just yet. And so anything you give them is going to look like you're a fucking genius. Yep. Yep. And it fools the athlete. It fools yeah. the parents. Um, and it honestly, like it's feedback to the coaches that reinforces what they're doing. They're like, oh, mm-hmm. look, I'm doing something right. Yeah. Because you don't know what right looks like. Yeah. Well, like I said, I mean, like, you know, like 
the athlete, um, the one I'm working with, this is just on top of my head because I was answering um, this huge long email to his mom the other day. And, like, um, you know, he's in this two sports and, like, they want him to gain, you know, strength, speed. And they would have liked him. He started in February. Mm-hmm. By August, put on 30 pounds. And I explained this to him, like, him gaining weight is going to factor in a few things here. One, that he does the work that I'm having him do. Mm-hmm. Two, genetics. Three, That's a big one. like his cycle of hormones. Ha- is that hormone going to be getting released in the next couple months? That could add a significant amount of weight pretty quick to mm-hmm. him. You know what I mean? <clears throat> that hormone production is important. And then also like you're almost asking like an impossible task for a kid to gain that much weight in six months in a healthy, in a healthy, productive way while, while still playing another sport also. Mm -hmm. And you want them to maintain speed. Like, do you not, do people not understand like how insane that is to ask of, you know, someone that, Again, this kid, like he's not, it's not like he weighs like 200 and we're trying to push him to 230. Like we're mm-hmm. talking a kid that weighs like 135. It's like, that's, you know, if he hits that puberty cycle, yes, I've seen that it happen. happen. Yeah. I've seen 20, 30 pounds get packed on pretty quick and kids sprout up three inches. But mm-hmm. like I, I told them, I'm like, fuck, I put on like 35 pounds my entire time in high school. But those next two years out of high school, I put on 45. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, and if I would have been pushing it hard, mm-hmm. you know, and not been conditioning and stuff, I probably would have put, fuck, I probably could have put on more between that time. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, it's not something that is just like, okay, make my kid fast, strong, and I want him to gain weight. And you're just, it's all good. It's not the way it works. Right. Let me put a 30 pound pack on you and, Hey, maintain your speed. Right. <laughs> you know, Good so, luck. Yeah. So you said before that the mom <laughs> wanted him to gain weight, like specifically though, mm-hmm. like the 30 pounds. Mm-hmm. Was that her information or was she given that from coaches? No, they, they said to like, so he'll hopefully get like more offers. The kid's... He's a fucking, I came lie. He's an Just athlete. a phenom, yeah. Oh, the, the kid is stupid fast. He's one of the fastest, like, young athletes I've ever seen in mm-hmm. my life. And that's saying something. Like, his his base running alone, and then if you watch, like, the videos when he's playing football, he blows past people. If he gets in the open, you're fucked. You're mm-hmm. not catching him. Like, he's just too fucking fast. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, his videos that he'll throw up a baseball, it's like, watched him hit an inside-the-park home run. Just so fast, he, you know, I don't know where he hit it to, but he just like kept going. Damn. Watched him steal home like it was just like another stroll in the park, you know. And then like in football, like when he he caught like, you know, they, he's a wide receiver and he did like a little uh, bubble out route and they fucking threw it to him. He had like one, two blocks, dude. He was gone. Mm-hmm. Like once he you saw him hit that straight line speed, no one was catching him. Yeah. It's, it's insane. So, but it's like, okay, so that's his strength. And I understand let's gain weight because it's going to be more attractive to those D1 schools. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, you know, you think of like, uh, you look at all those guys years ago from like Oregon. These running backs were like 175, 180 pounds, uh, 160 pounds. I think uh, one of them was like, these are not huge guys right. at all. Five foot seven, five foot eight. 
And their, their speed is what got hell. them that. And they went to, someone went to the NFL weighing like 180 pounds, 190 pounds. Mm-hmm. Like nothing says that you need to be a 220 pound running back running a four to three, you know, like right. nothing says. I mean, if you are. Yeah, cool. You know, but how many of those are out there? Right. You know, so the thing is, it's like you have to be realistic with what you're expecting out of people. And then also, like I told the mom, like, He's going to have to, because she's emailed me, he was gaining some weight. And then, of course, he plateaued. That's mm-hmm. how it works. And she's like, what, like, can he eat to, you know, kind of get it going again? And I'm like, eat more. And I gave her some meal ideas of, like, how to increase the calories and stuff. <clears throat> and she's like, should he get mass gainers and all this stuff? And I'm like, here's an at-home shake. I would try this. Mm-hmm. You know, this is more natural products so that we can get those calories up. Do this, this, this through his meals. And that should add some some significant calories like but it's the simple fact the kid's young his metabolism's probably high his genetics are oh god yeah you know not built to be a massive fucking person mm-hmm. and then also like we don't know when he's going to hit that puberty stage so you said that he was doing was he working out three times a day or he was trying to work out and like encouraged to work out three times a day that's just what i went through my questionnaire <clears throat> he gave a day day in the life kind of thing I mean, he was working out in the morning, in the middle of the day, and at night. In your opinion, is like, there anyone who should be working out three times a day? Oh, man. Um, I think the answer is yes, but it's a very small it's population. It's a very small population. It depends what it's for, and it depends what you're doing. So if you are an athlete, and let's say you're lifting in the morning, okay. and at night you're doing um, drills, or maybe it's a sport where you need to be a little more conditioned, you know, like um, they used to talk about like Jerry Rice used to go on like in pretty long hill runs and things like that. Okay, yeah. Or you would do like sprints or, you know, whatever. If you're training, what if in the middle of the day it's skills? Like what if he's got a quarterback with him and he's doing routes and he's throwing? You know, that's uh, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, middle of the day you got your sports-specific skills, yep. you know, and then you're lifting and doing your conditioning another time of day. That's kind of normal. Mm-hmm. Like I've trained a lot of uh, quarterbacks, and typically what happens is a couple times a week they have to go throw. Yeah. So they go to their quarterback coach and they throw with a group of wide receivers and they also have to do their lifting. So I have to account for that also. Mm-hmm. So I can't just destroy these guys' shoulders and then they have to go throw. I so. think the specifics of that and the details of it become really important because if you just say, hey, I work out three times a day, that's not conditioning and strength work three times a day. It's mm-hmm. very detailed and um managed volume on mm-hmm. every single one of those whether like you said it's the drill work that the yeah. strength coach takes into consideration you know what do they have that day how long are they doing it um but with the idea of the preseason like that is incredibly age specific i know we've talked about it a little bit as we're going through as much as it is like sports specific mm-hmm. so if you have a 14 year old and the whole time you're thinking to yourself they could gain 30 pounds if they hit puberty and yeah. all of a sudden they you know grow three four inches you know, in the course of between now and August as a strength coach automatically, what do you think you have a changing body? No technique is going to go out the window. Some things change like, Like, and you're going to have to technically stronger, but like they're going to be all kinds of awkward. You have to visit it all again. Yeah. So, so that could delay how much, you know, quote unquote strength you're getting. Yes. The Mm -hmm. body is going to be going through like this flood of testosterone and there's just going to be all kinds of muscle fiber that is being generated you know, because you're going through puberty. Sure. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be well innervated. The motor units might not be there yet. Plus you just, you don't know how to use your body. Yeah. So 
this plan that someone could have where they say, all right, I'm going to have a structured strength program and a drill program and a conditioning program between now and August, all of a sudden you're 14 years old and your body completely changes. You don't have to completely throw it out the window, but man, it's going to get revamped. You have to take all that into consideration, especially um, if you were to go into it saying that you're not going to follow a good strength program. You're not going to have the basics in there. You're going to focus only on conditioning and then you have a kid's body change like that, you can wreck them. Yeah. Not just for the season, but in general. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Did we answer the question? But the, the, oh, the actual question that prompted <laughs> it all. Um, I think we kind of did in a way. Like we went through a little bit of uh, preseason stuff. It, it just, again, it depends on like sport. It really does. Mm-hmm. It comes down to what the sport they're playing and stuff. It's, it's going to change per sport. So, um, let's save our, our Q and a, okay. Uh, we had some Q and A's. We'll get to those on the next episode. Um, we forgot, I forgot to put out a Q and a, I'll be honest, cause we switched days on this. So, um, I'd like to get a couple more compiled mm-hmm. in there and then we'll answer some of those. I think some of them were based around like nutrition and stuff too. So, um, let's see announcements, uh, meets are, are all getting fairly full. Um, you know, we're, we're a little bit ahead of kind of where we were the last time. Um, by the time this comes out, I imagine we'll have under 20 spots left for the fall brawl. Uh, throwdown is probably getting near half full. And then the um, Kentucky Open is about half full. Um, we are running a massive gym special. Uh, if this does travel anywhere in your local um, this month, it's each week it kind of tears down, but you get like $20 off permanently off your membership. If you start this week and then next week goes to 15, the week after goes 10. So uh pretty good deal. Yeah. But, this episode goes out. It'll be Wednesday the 7th. Yeah. This will be first hers for the rest of that week after this, mm. it'd be the $20 off and then goes down. Like you yeah. said. Yep. So we'll get to uh, some of these questions, like I said, and um, we'll get to some other things. If you had questions on, specific sports uh from today's ask in the q a and we'll answer those the next time if you have a specific sport you want to know about the preseason or postseason on um or in season uh let us know for um the seminar that we've been kind of talking about where we're going to do we're going to put it out there where we'll invite in like the first 20, 30 people um, to go over some lifting technique and things that will probably be free. Um, and it'll be geared towards high school and collegiate athletes. Uh, I'm not really sure on a date yet. I'm not sure if I honestly, I don't know if I want to do it during my prep mm-hmm. or if I want to wait until after my prep. Cause I'm coming up on eight weeks out here. Um, so it might be something that we do in the summer, uh, start of summer, which might be nice. Cause a lot of college kids will be mm-hmm. back home. Um, High school kids will kind of be done with all their work and we're kind of in between seasons there. So there shouldn't be too much going on except for like if you're playing summer baseball or something. So, But for those of you who would hear this and be thinking to themselves about when your preseason is, that would be a fantastic seminar for you to come in. Yeah. Get work on the technique that you will want to have as you're doing that strength yeah. training. We won't be on. lifting. It's not going to be anything brutal. We're not right. going to be lifting heavy or anything. It's just literally to teach you techniques. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening today. If you got questions, put them out there. All right. Thank you.